Good morning. How are you? Oh yeah, I knew that. So before I start too far, um, I've had kids come up and say, "What? Why are you wearing a skirt? It's a kilt." And what? Um, and yeah, this is a kilt. There's a lot of different colors. I actually, uh, if I were to wear the tartan that would be for mine, it would be for my McClintock's. Um, I have jokingly thought, so my grandmother was, uh, my mother was a McClintock. And we were McClintock's and McNamara's. And the McClintock's were part of the Cooligan clan. And I always thought, that my mother was calling us hooligans. I guess, I don't know. I guess you had to have been there. So, and then I'm going to put this on because this is, my head's cold, and uh, this is another part of my stuff, right? I don't know, right? Uh, living, living like Jesus, so, so how are you doing with that, huh? The question of what will you leave behind, that's what we've been looking at, right? Living for Jesus, what will you leave, leave, leave behind? And, and, you know, one of my struggles is living for Jesus. I, I'm a mess sometimes. I, it reminds me of a guy that was in class, a spiritual formation class. Big six-foot-five football player kind of guy, and he's in there, and they're talking about living for Jesus, Now, I won't tell you exactly what he said because it wouldn't be appropriate here. But basically, he stood up and threw his arms up in the air and he says, I am such a mess. We all are. We all are. And and so, I want to close this. We've been on this subject for four weeks, living like Jesus. And remember, we we had... um, Looked at this, this is the message from Romans 12. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Everything you do. Get up in the morning brushing your teeth. <coughs> I got up at quarter to five this morning. <clears throat> Why, you ask? Because I woke up. And I'm one of those people. How many are, 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 are here are one of those people that when you wake up, you're afraid you're going to miss something, so you get up? Right? I mean, it's like, I'm going to get up and see if there's elk out behind my house or rabbits or whatever. I don't know. And so I got up. I made coffee. I took the dog out, and I sat out in my sunroom and looked for wildlife. And I'm going, this is stupid. But I had a good time, right? But basically what I'm saying is God is saying, use your time as an offering to God. Use it in such a way as that you are bringing glory and honor to him in everything. Not just in some things. And it occurred to me last night, I was sort of surprised, it occurred to me last night that I did live in a gated community. And As a resident of a gated community, we actually kept people out. Well, think about that for a moment. Why did we want to keep them out? Because we knew that they wouldn't mow their grass to the right height. 
We knew that they would be bringing rabbits and chickens in, and we don't want rabbits and chickens in our neighborhood. And I've thought about this in relationship to that, and I'm so glad I moved. Because what I realized was I was trying to isolate myself from people who were different than me. And guess what? That's not okay. And so we've been looking at that. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture. You know what your culture is? If you're a Democrat, you got a culture. If you're a Republican, you got a culture. <coughs> your background in religion is your culture. And that isn't necessarily good. I've got <clears throat> eight kids in the family. My family, by the way, how are you doing in all of this? That's the question, right? So there's eight brothers and sisters. I've got a couple in that my family that are very liberal. I'm very conservative. Most of us are very conservative, you know, particularly so. But there are things that I cannot discuss with my other siblings because they are hot topics. They live on the West Coast. You sort of understand what that might look like, right? And it's sort of comical. <coughs> so so when, when we try to find a way to love people, we have to love people through stuff. So Paul says in Romans 12, 9 and 10, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Now let me tell you something. I often look at this stuff and I'm thinking, well, this is about us. You's and me's. Ewan's. To use a Pennsylvania phrase. But it's not. It's about loving everyone. Showing people love. Honor, acceptance. In worship this morning, we had harmony. And I love harmony. I grew up singing harmony. The beauty about harmony, it's like us. When we individually come together, we resonate with a beautiful sound. Just like it was this morning. And so God wants to use uniquely every one of us for the purpose of singing his song, of being his mouthpiece, of being his representative. How? In showing love. Remember, remember the, 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 the Pharisees, those guys, they came to Jesus. Actually, there's a story about a guy in Luke 10 that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? You know, and well, keep the commandments. What are, well, what are they? Okay, well, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and then love your neighbors yourself. Right? So that's like really, really good. Except, who's my neighbor? I like you. You can be my neighbor. I don't know if I like you, though. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, that's how we do it. I've got neighbors that I don't like. I got relatives I don't like. And so, I, I can exclude them, right? No, I can't. I'm to love them. I'm to love them with a genuine love. 
Not pretending that I love them, but really, really love them. So how do I do that? You've heard me say this before. The best way to learn how to love someone is, if I were loving you this week, what would that look like? I'm sorry, I'm going to Georgia. I can't bring you donuts and coffee. I could, though. Next one, I come back, right? Because I know where you work. You bring over. You want donuts or bagels? Bagels. Okay, what kind? Edible ones. Edible ones, okay. Not the day-old stuff, fresh, right? Okay. Why is that important? It's important because we are individuals. And individually, we have our desires. We have... The song about running into the secret place, you know what? You may be in that secret place right now. And you're sitting there going, I'm so happy, now I'm not. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, in, there's a Sunday school class that's, that's doing a, a, a book called Messy Christianity. They made me sit in there last week. And I loved it. And I thought, I'm going to get this book on my Kindle. I already had it. Didn't even know I had it. And I've been reading it. And it's like I'm reading about my life. I'm a mess. Oh, sorry. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a mess. (laughs) All right, stop. Okay. I don't want to be doing counseling later. But the thing is, is that, is, that, is that Paul is saying, don't just pretend to love others, actually do it. I like this love first, not as an afterthought, but all the time. Where I live right now, there's a house that has 10 cars. Some have license plates. Do you know what? <laughs> I I got to tell you, I talked to the guy that lives there, one of the guys that lives there, and he's from North Carolina, and he's just an old country boy, you know. And I laughed. I said, oh, God, I can't believe this is where you put me. This is fun. And, and so I'm driving down the road. I'm going home the other day. I'm driving down the road, and there is a flatbed wrecker in, in the middle of the road, and they're going to unload a car. I sat for 20 minutes waiting for him as they talked. You know, and I'm like, nowhere else but where I live. And, but here's the deal. God says, yeah, and, and I called you here to love them because you're the Jesus for them, and they may not see Jesus at all. Right? And, and, so, and so the question becomes, how do I love them? Because I can be sort of a neat freak. I'm the guy that mows the lawn twice a week. My neighbor, my other neighbor says, are you kidding me? Bernie, you're making me look bad. I, now I got to mow my lawn because you just mowed yours. Anyone else as bad as me? I don't know. <laughs> so, so if I'm going to love people the way God is telling us to, how am I going to do that? How am I ultimately going to do that? Because, because, see, if I'm going to live like Jesus, what would that look like? And one of the things that I know is that what it looks like is different for every person I meet. I was thinking about the people that, that are in retail. Anyone in here work retail? 
Well, yeah, you do. Do you know that's not a fun job all the time? Because you have to deal with customers. I took my motorcycle to a place to get new tires put on. I already had the tires. I needed them mounted. I wa- and I needed the bike inspected. I walked out and I had... Is my wife here? <laughs> I, uh, good, because she doesn't know this yet. I walked out and I paid $197 to get my tires put on. And I went... <laughs> That was a lot of money. I didn't. I, I mean, the tires didn't cost me that much, you know. Actually, they did, but. But you know what? I it was the going price. It was fair. It was, and I actually even got a discount. I got a discount. So. But you know how many people get really upset about stuff that goes on, and the poor people that were that that are servicing us take our abuse. And I think that God is calling us to love people. And, and loving people means that in the scope of eternity, what does it matter? What does it really matter about some of these things? You know, I have a hard time loving people sometimes because they're annoying. I've got family members that sometimes are annoying. I have children that are annoying. I was on the roof the other day and my daughter found out I'd been on the roof. And she goes, Dad, what are you doing? I said I was working. But dad, you were on the roof. Yeah, well, I had a ladder. I got up it. Yeah, that's true. But no, you shouldn't be on the roof. Where should I be? You know, I, I, you want to duct tape me to the chair because it makes you feel better. No, I'm going to be on the roof. If I need to be on the roof, I called one of my daughters. I said, I sold my motorcycle, 600-pound motorcycle. I sold it. Oh, Dad, thank you so much. And I said, I'm picking up another one today. <laughs> so, so what does it look like to love people? In my, like with my kids' case, part of what I need to understand is what is behind their fears. What they're trying to do is keep me alive. I know that. I, I'm a risk taker. So... I will try to be as safe as I can in taking risk. What, is, what does a risk taker do? I get up out of my chair. That's the risk. And from their perspective, it is. So, look, Jesus went to the cross because what? He loved us. Have you ever considered that sometimes maybe God wants you to, take you, wants you to go to the cross? Have you ever thought about that? In other words, to get up, give up your rights because it's, it's more important in the scheme of his plan. And we don't want that. We don't want to suffer. Anybody want to suffer? Oh, I'm looking for some sufferers today. Come on up. We're going to have a party. No, we don't want to suffer. We want to have everything good. And here's one of the problems. One of the things we get into what I call really stinking thinking is, if I go to church and if I pray and if I tithe and if I do all the right things, God will bless me and nothing bad will ever happen. Uh, That's not true. Bad things will happen. Jesus went to the cross and he was perfect. Why? Because God had a bigger plan. And the plan was about you and me. And that's the kind of love that that God calls us to sometimes is sacrificially loving others. Giving up our rights for them. How about Jesus chased out the money changers because he loved? 
You see, one of the things that we fail to understand is that love also is about accountability. But here's the problem with that. One of the problems with that is, is that sometimes we take it upon ourselves to correct others. Let me tell you what's wrong with you, and then we start to tell them what's wrong with them. I've actually had this happen to me. I had someone come up to, an, to me once and, and, and started to tell me about the faults that I had in my life. I didn't really know them. They were just a prophet. And I'm like, really? I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that was all wrong with me. And uh, so I asked some friends, is, do you see this in me? Because certainly if it's true, I want to change it. And so we have to be careful about doing things because out of love. Maybe you've been, had that experience where someone has come up to you and shared something and they love you. I'm going to tell you what a wicked person you are out of love. So it's right now. No, it's not right. No, it's not right at all. You know, but, but, but Jesus held people accountable for the things that they did. But he also did it in love. And what I find really interesting is that Jesus did it to who? The religious people. The religious people. Uh, you see, Jesus confronted those who misrepresented him. Who misrepresented him? The ones that said they were serving him. The ones that said that we are followers of Yahweh. But they were followers of what? Their own making. Remember the Jews had over 600 laws and what were they doing? They were keeping the law. And it's not about keeping the law. I've been, I've been, (coughs) so, you know, the question then becomes, how should I then live? How should I do this? How should I live like Jesus? And the thing is, is that it's fluid. It's not static. It's not one thing. It's about everything. It's about moving with the flow. You ever gone down a river in a raft or in a kayak or anything, and you know there's parts that you just put the umbrella out and you just sail along and just have a wonderful time, right? And then you hit the rapids and, oh, my goodness, oh, I'm going to tip over. And that's the way life is. Life is that way. And and, And so... How should I then live? I live according to where I'm in at that moment. I shared this earlier. My youngest daughter, when she was, I don't know, she was in her mid-20s, I guess, early 30s, and, and she, was, uh, she was going through a really, really hard time in her life. And she was sitting in my car, and maybe you've heard this story before. She's sitting in my car, and she goes, Dad, I want to fly to California and become a uh, addicted to drugs and and I'll sell myself. Pretty harsh, right? I said, "Well, honey, if that's what God wants you to do, you better do it." And why did I tell her that? Because I loved her, and I realized and knew that if I got into a power struggle with her, I was going to lose. And so sometimes loving people is letting them be where they are and letting them know that you're there for them. Not fixing them. I was going to ask if anyone in here had children, but that's probably us, all of us, right? You don't have children. No, he does. Your dad has children. Yeah. And your mom. There you go. (laughs) 
How many know that raising children is tough sometimes? My oldest daughter, this is going to tell age, my oldest daughter is 53. And when her son called her and to say that his girlfriend was pregnant, my daughter went haywire. I happened to be in Georgia with her at the time, and she goes, Dad, what did I do wrong? I failed. No, you didn't fail. He did something. You didn't do it. He did. But Dad, you don't understand. I raised my children in the church. I took them to Sunday school. I homeschooled them. This is not supposed to happen to me. Yeah. It does happen. Some of you know that. Some of you have raised children and, and, they, and you look at them and go, How, what happened to them? Because they chose that path. And I'll tell you what I've done with my children. All my children are not perfect. My question to them is, how do I love you right now? And they're not, not get into where they're at. Just how do I love you right now? Because that's how I'm supposed to live. Remember I said that the, the, the guy asked, you know, what, what commandments do I need to keep? And he said, love your neighbors. Who's your neighbor? Well, the story goes that Jesus said, well, here's your neighbor. And he tells the story about this good Samaritan. And the Samaritans were despised. Despised. So, so maybe God is telling us to go love the people who are despised. There's a lot of issues that I don't agree with in our culture today. I don't agree with the abortion stance, the issue on abortion. I don't, I don't, there's a lot of things. But you know what? What I have learned is, is that I don't believe that's our battle. I believe our battle is with people, individuals, and bringing Christ to them. Not in condemning what they're doing, but showing them love first. So that they might see Jesus. One of the things that I've learned is, is that you don't understand what they're going through if you haven't lived in their shoe for a while. And some of the shoes that people are in are not comfortable. I happen to have Crocs on, so I'm comfortable right now. Do you get what I'm saying? I know women that have had abortions that, that in the moment, that was their only thing they could think of. And they live with that decision every day. And they feel condemn, condemnation from us. But they need to feel love. They feel, need to feel acceptance. They need to feel Jesus. Here's the deal. Remember this? Noah was a drunk. I have to laugh at that because here's Noah. He he is, I mean, think about it. He's telling people it's going to rain. He is building an ark. He's doing all this wonderful stuff, going out on a limb on faith for, with God, right? He's doing that. He lands that ark. They get the animals off and he goes out and gets drunk. Well, what kind of Christian is that? It sounds like some of us. We don't want to admit it, but it sounds like some of us. And God loved him and used him. How about David? He committed adultery, and David was a man after God's own heart. Moses, he was a murderer. 
Jacob was a liar. Oh, we hate liars. Oh, we hate liars. But Jacob was God's man. You see, God used them in their brokenness to accomplish, accomplish his plan. I, I said to God, remember, now, I've shared this before. I came to Christ when I was 33, right? So I wasn't brought up this way. I was brought up, I was brought up as, a, as a Catholic, and I already was arrived, according to my thinking. You people were, eh, you were heretics. Um, but I remember saying to God, God, someday I'm going to be great for you. You know what God said to me? Why don't you start today? Because that's what we're talking about. Why don't you be great for God right now where you're at doing what you're doing? Don't wait for some magical moment that you can be used of God. Use, let him use you in doing what you're doing. Go pay for the gas on the pump next to you. Pay it forward. It's fun stuff. So God loved them. And God loves you in your brokenness. And God wants to use you. See, loving people is messy business. If you're going to love your neighbor, it's messy. Because your neighbors are not going to be doing things right. Oh, really? What's right? Do you think I've got it all together? Come live with me for a week. You will find out I have faults. Maybe a lot more than I even knew. But God uses us, doesn't he? <laughs> but here's the deal. You know what? I mean, and I, I'll throw this up. Don't think you've arrived. You've just learned how to hide your messy life better. I, I, there was a time I had 17 three-piece suits. 17, now look at me. <laughs> oh, look how far I have fallen. I, I, I got my ear pierced back in the, after, after I got rid of my suits. I got my ear pierced. My oldest daughter, good Baptist girl that she was, thought I had lost my salvation or I had never been saved to begin with. Right. When I got tattoos, when I was 70, I got tattoos. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> and again, my oldest daughter, I come into her house and she goes, we got to talk. And I know why she says we got to talk. And she's, Dad, what am I going to do? How, what am I going to tell my children? I said, tell them when they're 70, they can get a tattoo. <laughs> I, didn't get ta- I didn't get a tattoo to be rebellious. If you knew anything about the tattoos I have, for me, they are extremely emotionally charged, and I get, I get teared up when I start to talk about them. Hope has a name. That's one. And the other one is just hope. But you see, there is nothing more important than the hope that is found in Christ and will take us through our messiness. It won't take us out necessarily, but take us through our messiness. 
our messed up lives to a, to a place. And he says, even in your mess, I love you. Even in your destruction, I love you. Even in that place of hopelessness, I have hope. And you see, that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. That's what your neighbor needs. We haven't arrived. <laughs> no, in, in, in fact, we're just pretenders. We're just pretenders. We don't, we don't really... We, how you doing? I sent a, a friend of mine is resigning, uh, telling the congregation that he's leaving the church today. He's actually leaving ministry. And I sent him a note this morning, and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm okay and not. That's the realest thing that he, one of the realest things he said to me, because he's a, I love the guy, but he's, how you doing? I'm fine. How's it going? I'm all right. I sat with him the other day, and I said, no, you're not all right. You've gone through a lot, and you're not okay. Be real. Get over it. Suck it up and tell me, how are you doing? He said, I'm not doing very well. He said, I, my emotions are running all over the place. I'm afraid one moment, I'm happy the next moment, and he went on and on and on. Why? Because he's learned how to pretend. One of the things I asked him, and I've asked him that, when did you learn to pretend so well? He said, I learned it when I was a kid that I needed to present a good impression to others because my dad was a pastor. And so what I've learned to do is not be who I am. And the problem is some of you are the same way. How do I know that? Because I've been that way. Still struggle with that. My, my, whole, my children, <laughs> my youngest daughter was at the house last night and she goes, Dad, Dad, listen, I am not good at taking care of myself. I'm good at taking care of everyone else, but I'm not good at taking myself, care of myself. Her daughter is the same way. Her, both her daughters are the same way. Her son is the same way. Guess where they learned it from? But you know what? I'm not alone. Some of you are that way. You're real good at taking care of other people. You're real good at pretending that you got it all together, and you don't. You suck at it. That's just real. <laughs> you see, sometimes we think that we can't be like other others. We can't be like that person or that person. What we don't realize is that is that we. You're right. You can't if you don't admit where you're at. If you don't deal with what's going on already. We're to love as he first loved us, first. We're to love, first. And if you don't know how to love, ask. Ask the question. Some people are waiting for someone to care. And I can tell you that sometimes loving people is not easy. Not easy at all. I hope my neighbors don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but that's okay if they do.
Paul later says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Everyone. Live at peace with everyone. We have a tendency to surround ourselves with people of like thinking. What I believe is that God is calling us to surround ourselves with people that are different. People who who have differing political views, who have different thoughts on social and moral issues. Surround yourself and be the light in those situations. And you don't have to preach to them. Just live it. And if if the opportunity arises, use words. But be the gospel. Be the gospel. Living like Jesus, what would happen if we love people the way he loves us in our messed up lives? What would happen? I think we'd see changes, wouldn't we? I've, I've heard it said about a church in our area that, that one of the reasons people like going is because they're accepted just the way they are. How do they know that? Because they've had friends that have gone and they felt accepted, so they've come back and said, I found a place that I'm accepted. It sounds like a book of Acts story. So, it would be messy people loving messy people so that we all could experience the love of God the way it was intended to be. I think it's important that when we recognize and are honest about who we are, we have a way of sharing that with other people. And, and here's what I want here's, to, here, you don't have this up there, but I, I found this. I found this before. I don't know, what, what do I have? No, we don't want that. So, so this, is, this series has, has been about living like Jesus, okay? Living like Jesus. And I saw this this morning. I'm, I'm falling apart here, here. I saw this this morning. Be like Jesus. Listen to this. Be like Jesus. Go party with sinners. That's what Jesus did. Go party with sinners. You want to be like Jesus, you're going to have to party with sinners. You're going to have to upset some very religious people. Jesus did it all the time. You, you shouldn't be afraid of that. I have to laugh. There was a time, how many know that there was a time that if I were preaching like this, I'd be thrown out of the church? Right? I mean, a hat on in church? Are you kidding me? Party with sinners upset some religious people. Say some confusing things. Jesus said things that were very confusing sometimes, but had a lot of truth. Choose insignificant friends. I mean, think about it. Jesus walked around. Would you, come follow me. Come follow me. He picked nobodies. And I think that was one of the things that irritated the religious people because if he's such an important rabbi, doesn't he know that the chief of rabbis is more important than some smelly fisherman?
learn to live and to die and then to live again. I have to laugh. I have found people in bars sometimes are more loving than people in the church. Sometimes the people in the bars share more gospel than we do. Do I say we should all go to the bar? No. They're not open now anyway. I'm sorry, I just came out. (laughs) But what I am saying is, is be real. See, the guy in the bar or the girl in the bar, she already knows maybe they're messed up. They already know that. And so it's easier for them. I've had people come, bring people in, Pastor, I met Tom last night at at the honky tonk and he needs Jesus. Can you help him? sure, Tom goes back and has an, gets another one. And I'm like, why don't the rest of us do that? Because we don't go to the bar. Only sinners go to the bar. No, we need to look, go find them. Go out into the highways and byways and find them. Take what you do, your everyday life, your ordinary things, your walking around, and make it an offering to God. If you're into four-wheeling, make it an offering to God. If you're into motorcycling, make it an offering to God. I don't care what you're doing. Make it an offering to God so that you would live like Jesus and others would see him. Let's pray. Father, as we close this today, help us, Lord, to see ourselves only as you can see us. Help us to understand that that when you said that if you were lifted up, you would draw all men unto you, that, that we're the ones that need to lift you up. We're the ones who need to show people how you have worked in our lives as individuals. And so, Father, right now, we, we pray that as we walk through this life that we have, that you would show us what we could be doing to live more like you. Even in our mess, we can accomplish what you have called us to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen.